This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go business storytellers. Hey, how's everyone doing? Today we want to talk about VR. And I'm super excited to get uh, today's guest on the show, Parker Howell. He's a VR expert. And I ran across him, believe it or not, through Park Howell, who has been on the show before, who also has a fantastic storytelling podcast and is one of the, the expert voices out there. I'm pretty sure Park shared um, some appearance or a guest article or something like that from his son. Um, so that's how I ran across him, looked into him further, a great expert on the topic. So we're going to dive into VR today. Now, before we do that, I do want to uh, send a shout out to everyone who has left um, podcast reviews recently. Really appreciate those. You can do that, as you can see here, on Amazon. Uh, we are on Amazon and every other major platform. So please do that here. Deidre Evans, for example, says, Christoph Trapp produces an extremely professional show that is comprehensive, informative, and filled with invaluable uh, advice. Great business podcast. And I really appreciate that because you know what? We have 26 minutes and I take three at the beginning and then the guest has 20, whatever that is, 23 or 22 maybe to share their insights. So we're trying to fit a lot of stuff into this show. So really appreciate that feedback. Please do leave a review if you can. Finally, the new book is out, Is Marketing a Good Career? Some of you might not care about this because you already are marketing and you don't need to decide anymore. But if you know somebody who is thinking about it, who wants to go into marketing, please head over to Amazon and get that. It did hit the uh, top five in a number of categories. So really appreciate everyone already checking that out. Is Marketing a Good Career? All right. I'm out of my three minutes at the beginning here, and that includes the countdown. Uh, Parker Howell, let's get this party started. Episode 573 and find out about VR. Welcome to the show. Boom. Great to be here, Chris. How you doing, man? We really <laughs> appreciate uh, you call me by my correct name, catching yourself there. Really, really, really do appreciate that. Um, and I really appreciate you making the time to come on. Now, first of all, you know, let's uh, a couple questions. How to get us started? How did you get started with VR? And then at a high level, what is VR? I mean, are, are people using the right definition? Do people even know what it is? Uh, but maybe we can start there. Sure thing. Um, I mean, my whole life, I thought, filmmaker that's what i'm doing i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to film school and make movies do all the stuff and as i got deeper and deeper into it one of the parts that i loved was the digital filmmaking the digital artistry um, creating motion graphics um, this whole wave of using you know a computer and just the way that that was growing exponentially was just so exciting to me so i moved out to hollywood back in 2011 after going to film school was doing commercial directing out there and was doing um, a lot of these big motion graphics, computer animations for big concerts. Um, Dancing with the Stars was like my first big TV show, got to do the Grammys, got to work with Excision. And as I was building out these kind of two kind of parallel um, paths in my career, virtual reality came along and said, hey, look, in order to do virtual reality, you're going to need to be a tech wizard. And also, 
virtual reality is full of tech wizards. What it really needs is storytellers and people who understand how to go and put a narrative framework, how to understand, you know, like what you learn in, when you're doing commercials is it's, you've got a client, they've got a product to sell, um, but what's the story? Who's going to be the character who needs the product, who's on their adventure? And so when virtual reality came along, it took both of those and it, both those skill sets that I've been developing and it just brought them together because you need that tech side. You need to be able to figure out these things. You need to be a pioneer and you need to be able to do, you know, what George Lucas did with Star Wars, which is just tell a good story. So that's really how I got into it. Um, I was working on an excision concert back in the day and I'd written up um, after doing all my big projection map concert visuals and everything, I'd written up the, the lighting plan for the guys. And I remember seeing the show and I was like, hey, that guy didn't follow my lighting plan at all. And I started to think about VR and I was like, wow, you know, if I could do this all on a headset, I could control every aspect of it and just give people this really unique experience. So from there, I called up my best friend, Will Walsh, who was a cinematographer. I said, hey, listen, I think we got to get into virtual reality. I think that this is going to be the future. And he said, okay, cool, where do we start? And so we found a camera company that had made this new camera um, back in the day called Views. And it was a camera with eight different lenses. And each um, set of lenses was like a stereo pair. It would capture one eyeball and the other eyeball. It would do that in 360 degrees so that you get your whole stereoscopic um, viewpoint. And I called those guys up and they were like, hey, Parker, it just happens to be the case that I'm gonna be in town tomorrow. Uh, if you wanna come down and meet me at LAX, We'll get you set up with cameras and you know that client turned into they they funded our first film i did a kung fucius vr which is a whole six minute short film kung fu adventure that you do in first person uh, vr and from that film it just kept snowballing into bigger projects bigger clients and um yeah man i've, I've just really loved it um i guess your second qu question christoph is what is virtual reality and uh, it's it's always kind of a funny question. It's always one of the trickiest parts is once you find yourself working in VR, um, you have all these people coming up to you going, well, what is it? What, uh, what are you doing? And I actually really like the term XR. Um, X originally, I always thought of X as like, hey, it's a variable, it can be anything. Um, the best use for the term right now is extended reality. And extended reality kind of covers a bunch of different pieces. So you've got VR, virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality, the projection mapping, like the concert stuff I was doing, virtual production, which is kind of like the Mandalorian, all these different pieces, you know, the, the question is, what do they all have in common? And basically, it's that we're taking the digital world and we're taking the physical world and we're just bringing them together in new novel ways. So everyone is really accustomed to, hey, I'm going to turn on my TV, I'm going to go on the internet and do some YouTube. Um, but this emerging world of XR, VR, AR, et cetera, it's about how do we take this to the next level? With VR, you put on the headset and people think about it, it's like, oh, it's a, you know, it's like a YouTube video where I can look around, but it's really more impactful than that. It's really something on a deeper level. It gives you presence as if you're in a place. It really, it's, it's hard to describe unless you put on that headset. Um, with that first film that we did, Confucius, one of the things that we did to really use the, the medium is, you know, we made it a Kung Fu film. So these guys are coming at you, you know, they're doing their fist bumps and everything. And it really is kind of freaky, man. It's coming right at your face. 
And it's so funny in the early days, I just remember people taking off that headset and just being like wide eyed, like, holy crap, sweat running down their face. They're like, that was an experience that got my heart going. So um, I don't know. Does that answer the question at all about what <laughs> Absolutely. And of course, just a reminder, people can connect with Parker, ParkerHowell.com. That's their uh, scrolling at the bottom, a new feature in Restream. So of course, if you want to live stream with Restream, use my link. Here it is. I think you get $10 or 10%, something 10 off. Now, what's interesting when you when you talk about VR is um, certainly the, the potential is so awesome, right? I mean, people say to me, um, and I said, well, we're talking about the future of sports, right? And they're like, oh, you can already sit next to somebody at a game and it's in VR. And I'm like, sitting next to people in VR, what's so fun about that? I don't want to sit next to them. I want to be in the middle. Like, I'm not a Chiefs fan, but Patrick Mahomes, right? He's right here and I'm behind him and I'm watching the game from there. That's like the, how I envision it. On the flip side, Parker, I did order an Oculus, the, the last one. Uh, not too long ago, maybe a few weeks, a few months ago. And I just didn't like the experience at all, like with glasses on. And I know that, you know, I could stretch it and I did. Uh, and I just didn't enjoy it. And I'm like, why do I have to be in this virtual room? I'm already in a room. Uh, I don't, I'm not necessarily a gamer, even though I got this gaming chair. But, but where's the advantages of VR? And I think there is some, but and who should use it? Like what companies should create VR content to stand out? Yeah, well, to go back to, I guess, the first part of that whole piece, um, the NFL, I mean, the coolest viewpoint, like you said, is going to be when they put that VR camera on the spider cam. You know, imagine being third person right there behind Tom Brady or whoever your guy is and being just like you're you're playing Madden, but you're in it and you're right behind him. And you're getting that whole perspective. Um, I'm curious. T tell me more. What, what did you try inside Oculus? You got the, the Quest, I'm guessing? Yeah, I did. And I, I mean, maybe it was kind of, um, I had a very um, defined use case, how I wanted to use it. So maybe that was part of my problem. But what, I envisioned, what like, with it? Yeah. yeah, I was looking to watch sports, you know, and really the way you watch sports, or at least how I could figure it out, like ESPN plus or whatever it's called said, hey, you can watch sports right in here. And I'm like, okay, cool. But it was just like me watching on a big screen TV in a virtual room. And I'm like, that's not nearly as cool as being on the spider game behind whomever and watching them get their butts kicked or throw the 80 yard touchdown pass. So maybe I was too specific what I wanted. And I actually, I did an, I did an Amazon uh, video review on that same topic. And people still bought the, the, the Oculus, the Quest from my video, even though I had nothing good to say, but um, it was very specific to me. So maybe there's better use cases. And if there are, feel free to share. Totally. You know, it's, it's interesting because it kind of reminds me back, going back to film school lessons, which is um, when you're making a film and you're telling a story, you have to think about what is the perspective that I'm working in. And um, like in business storytelling a lot, you know, we talk about we want to sell things from the customer's perspective. You know, I, People, people say, oh, no, we're this and we're that and we're this and we're that. And we got features and benefits. But it's like put that all aside and say, hey, what's what's your person need? What's their mission in life? What how is how is your lightsaber going to help them get through their quest? Um, it's really funny to me, the virtual reality that's emulating the other things. For instance, like you say, it's like 
yeah, I got, I got, you know, football, virtual reality. And I went into virtual reality and in my virtual reality world, I sat there and I looked at a virtual TV and I'm just like, what the hell am I doing? You know, to me, that's just a total failure and it's a total disconnect. And it's also part of why I'm excited about VR. You know, when I look at the realm, I see, or at least in the early days, I saw a lot of engineering, a lot of like, hey, boom, look at this piece of tech we came out with. Look at this, look at this. But they're like, we don't know how to tell a story with it. We don't know how to make something that's impactful to to um, humanity. And so that's where I was like, oh, wow, there's so much room for, for this. And like you were saying, it's like everyone's excited about it because everyone kind of feels that energy like, oh, wow, this is coming and it's going to be uh, it's going to be really game changing. But also it's like, when's it coming? You know, hurry up, guys. Um, so let me talk about, I guess, one of my clients that we do a lot of really cool storytelling work for. And um, they are a company called Axon and they have the business model where they are helping uh, create a world where one day they imagine no one gets shot by a police officer ever again. And they, um, they own Taser and they own the body cameras that the police officers use that help you know, keep them safe and also accountable and just uh, to keep track of the whole situation. And they have come out with a whole line of virtual reality training modules uh, for police officers. Um, and I've been directing uh, basically the whole last series of community engagement videos or virtual reality experiences. And what's really amazing about it is when they go and do these training with the police officers, it's it's not all in the headset. And it's it's basically you sit down with um, you sit down with a trainer and the trainer would take you through, you know, the textbook and say, hey, this is this is what it means to be out in the world. This is what it's like. You know, you don't know if these people are with you, if they're against you, you have to treat them all with respect. And as they go through that course, they go, cool. Now let's put on a VR headset and let's go out and let's see what it's like to be in one of these engagements. And so the police officer goes out, they look down, they've got, you know, they've got their whole police officer's body, they got their partner that they're there with, and then they're going through um, these calls that they get. And it's like, choose your own adventure, which is always really fun uh, about VR. And so someone comes out and you say, hey, listen, we got a domestic disturbance call. Um, what's going on here? And this guy and his wife are talking to you. He's saying, hey, nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong. And you basically go through the choices of how am I going to deal with this? And if you deal with it poorly, bad things happen. And, you know, if you deal with it the right way, then you, you know, get to the end of this little mystery. And what's really amazing about that is being able to rehearse this stuff helps take the stress level down when they're actually in the field so much is what they've been there. They've seen it. They've been, they, they understand what it's like with their partner. Um, and then there's like this really other cool piece of virtual reality, which is at a certain point we can go in and we can take the consciousness of the officer and the consciousness of the, the victim who's in the scene and we can switch places with them. So now they're seeing the world from the point of view of this person and they're seeing these police officers come into their house. They're seeing the before, you know, flashbacks to what happened leading up to it and Ultimately, what we're trying to do is we're trying to create these empathic connections between the officers and the communities that they're serving. And it's really something that I think is an exciting part of virtual reality that I just don't think you would get from like a classic video, especially the, the branching narratives and the whole structure to it. 
And, um, you know, given that virtual reality is pretty much almost, you know, 99% of it right now is done inside a game engine. The ability to control all those different things is, is infinite. Whatever you can plug into and program, you can, you can make that experience. What's interesting to me is, I mean, the very, very specific example of, of how it can work and how it actually can help, right? Because at the end of the day, um, fewer people that have to lose their lives because police react differently or has different tactics certainly is a good strategy. I, I, I did think of this, this is really a, a, a pushback into the, the past here. Many, many years ago, I covered the police beat at a newspaper. And here's a picture of me doing kind of what you were just talking about, uh, not with tasers. They didn't have that back then, but I think that's Sergeant Hansen behind me way back when, as you can see, uh, a little bit more hair. Look at that computer more... right there. That's awesome. <laughs> right? And that computer, unbelievable. And basically what we did is these scenarios were on a projector <laughs> in front of me, right? And I'm standing there. So certainly not realistic at all, right? I mean, it was as close to realistic as it could have been at that time. But certainly the more realistic those situations can become, the better. Now, when you have a company, though, like this company, you know, how they they have a use case. It certainly makes sense. I'm, I'm sure officers probably appreciate that more realistic environment uh, instead of looking at a projector screen with an old monitor behind you. Um, but back, you know, currently, how can companies think about when should we use VR? When does it make sense? And then, you know, how do they even get started? Totally, totally. I mean, obviously, it's it's a bit of a blank canvas. So you can use VR in almost limitless ways. But like you said, what's what's the easiest way to get started? Um, one thing that's been really interesting is the whole world looked at VR and they looked at it from a, a video game standpoint. They said, hey, it's built with a game engine. We understand what these games are like. It's going to be video games, video games, video games. And the silent part that a lot of people aren't talking about is that there is so much B2B and especially kind of in the training side of things going on in VR. And, and no one really knows how big that's, that's growing and how fast it's growing. So that is, um, that's a part right now that, that I think is actually even bigger and eclipsing all the gaming stuff, but it's just not in the mainstream. It's just you're not hearing commercials about it. Um, but the ability to go in and say, hey, listen, you know, we're a giant company. We are spending X amount of money and we have this amount of people and this amount of man hours going into just taking new employees and getting them trained through these processes and, you know, whatever it might be, engineering, manufacturing. Um, it might be, you know, compliance type of things. Um, and it's there is a huge um, growing piece, which is how do we take that process that's really costly and expensive? How do we build that inside VR so that we can say, hey, listen, you know, we don't need to bring in as many trainers or if, instead of bringing in, you know, the trainers for several days, it's like, hey, they're going to work with you an hour here, an hour there. And then the rest of your experience, you're going to get to be inside that headset, experiencing it and get a more tangible kind of hands on feel with what you're doing. Um, obviously, there's a whole bunch of other use cases, but that's something that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. I think um, really the ability to train is, is very exciting. Um, there's another piece of virtual reality that is the Digital Therapeutics Act that they're working on right now. And basically they're, they're working on trying to get this act passed through Congress, which would 
um, which would help get digital therapeutics through the system faster and help them get covered by your uh, your medical insurance, essentially. Um, uh, there's a guy out of Dallas named Chris Brickler, who's a good friend, who's been doing uh, virtual reality and he's been using it for therapy for um, people with dementia and helping them go inside these virtual worlds that just helps them calm themselves and relax. And really, if you think about so much of what plagues us, and especially at this point in our life, it's it's like problems of the mind, you know, it's, it's, it's mental health. And I think that there is a huge, huge opportunity for virtual reality to, again, take, take things where you might have to sit with a therapist, but again, take that therapy, bring it into the virtual world, make it something that whenever they want, they put on their headset, they press that button, they go through that experience. Um, it's been something that I've been working on since, since the pandemic. So, you know, certainly, I mean, like for my, for example, my healthcare providers, they're literally like two minutes from my house. They just built a new clinic there. So not a big deal to go there. Uh, but I'm thinking about virtual, like even conferences, right? I mean, now you go to a virtual conference and it's literally the same thing of what I do all day, right? Be on Zoom calls. And at some point that gets old. And as much as we like to do live streams, I couldn't do eight hours of these live streams a day, right? At some point it's gonna get super tiring. Uh, but do you think, you know, if you have, maybe it's work calls even, maybe it's virtual conferences, if you hold those in VR, will there be more engaging or how, and how do you do that? Yeah, so that's been a really interesting bit of the, bit of the tale um, because this has been something that I thought, boom, this is gonna be a grand slam. We're gonna replace all of our Zoom calls with VR. And there's a couple things that are just taking a little bit of time. One is, like you were talking earlier, just a little bit of that form factor. I'd say right now, um, the average like comfortable experience that you'd want to be in something like a Zoom call, given the current headsets, are probably about 20 minutes. You know, after that, it would just be easier to be on a Zoom call. Um, but I think what the real potential is, and I you know, it's really exciting because we've got 10 new, or we got seven new HMD headsets coming out this year. Everyone's releasing their new this, their new that. The real question is everyone's been waiting for is like, when's Apple going to release their headset? Um, because everyone knows that they've been scooping up engineers and companies all over the place. And, you know, they've, they're just waiting until it's that kind of perfect piece. So I think the headset's a big part of it, getting that down to something that's just really comfortable, especially for extended periods. Um, and then I think once that gets there, um, the tech is really going to be kind of what is the value of, of place, of setting. Um, you know, right now, I am not in love with, you know, Zoom calls. On one hand, as someone who works a lot on a computer and digital, it's like so easy. You know, I do my meetings with people in New York and San Francisco, you know, UK, whatever, we get to see each other. That's nice. Um, in the future, it's going to be like we're going to create environments that that you sit in. And it, it's it just takes it to the next level. It, you know, instead of feeling like okay, here I am. You're like you know, you're hundred pixels by five hundred pixels or whatever. Um, just being like, hey, no, we're going somewhere special. We're going someplace that's designed by someone like me, a designer who says. We're going to give people something that gives them an emotional feeling when they're sitting there in that room 
Um, and we're going to tie that to your brand the same way you do everything else. So I think that's going to be the real, the real, you know, trajectory of that. And I think it's just waiting a little bit for that bit piece of tech to get caught up. I think the soundbite that that's going to uh, stick in stick in my brain uh, is the value of place, right? Sometimes it doesn't make as much of a difference to have place, and sometimes it's way more relevant. Like you know, if you can be right behind Patrick Mahomes when he gets smacked or throws that uh, unbelievable bomb. Uh, really great to have you on the show, Parker. Always we run always out of time in so quickly here with a twenty six minute. Uh, time limit for our DBTV show. Check us out there. Uh, in the last 50 seconds, so I really appreciate you coming on. In the last 50 seconds, you tell us who work, who should work with you, who should reach out, who's your perfect client. Awesome. You know, I am looking for clients um, who are just looking to make real improvements to people's lives using virtual reality. Um, been developing the therapeutic work. I've been working on the training side. Um, Obviously, my whole start came from art and entertainment. Um, but yeah, if a company says, hey, listen, we're interested in XR, projection mapping, big concert visual, stage visuals, virtual reality, augmented reality, whatever that is, we want to use that technology to make people's lives better. Um, that's my mission. If, if you're a company that's interested in doing that, um, come check me out at parkerhowell.com. And uh, yeah, let's hop on a call. And let's figure it out. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.